Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat Beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's going on? Nothing much, David. How are you? Doing pretty good. Uh, we are about a week out from the trade deadline right now. Uh, the way our schedule set up, obviously, uh, last week we kind of talked previews. Um, I think we did a pretty good job kind of talking about it in like a way that sort of gave our reactions to what uh, actually wound up happening, even though we kind of mostly focused on Lowry. We did touch on Oladipo. Um, now, I think what's interesting is when we were talking about Oladipo, we were pretty against it, I think, but I, I, the big reason was obviously we kind of thought like Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson would have to be in it. Um, none of that happened, so uh, it was a, a pretty uh, pretty wild day, um, the trade deadline. I kind of had a hunch. I, I feel like we even talked about this that it was going to be a really busy trade deadline, um, and it turned out to be, right? Like, statistically, it was, like, the most deals that ever happened, I think, in, like, the 24 hours leading up to the deadline. Um, are you fully recovered? Um, yeah, it took me a few days, but um, I am fully recovered. Uh, I think the Magic accounted for, like, half the deals on the deadline yeah. day, it seemed like, with with their sell-off. But, but, I mean, for the Heat, you know, yes, the focus was on Kyle Lowry, and you know that's what we that's what we focused on last week, and I I still think that he you know there's a reason why that move for Victor Oladipo was not made until 3 p.m. right against right. the deadline. Right. Um, you know they were waiting to see what was going to happen with Kyle Lowry, and it didn't work out. You know the Heat said they did not offer um, Duncan Robinson and Teller Hero in any trade. Um, they said they were asked. You know those players were asked for from other teams, but they were never included in a formal offer. So. Um, I guess take that for what it's worth. You know, I don't know if that's semantics or, you know, if, if indeed he just were not going to trade those two for Kyle Lowry. Uh, but the fact that this team was able to acquire Victor Oladipo, who, yes, he's right now not the player he was two, three years ago before the injury, um, but he's still a two-time All-Star with very good upside. And you can keep all your young pieces and still acquire him. Like, that, you know, that's a good move. You get his bird rights, so... You know, if you want to keep him in three or four months when he's a free, when he becomes a free agent, you have an advantage over other teams, and you get to see him up close. You, you know, your yeah. your trainers, your staff gets to you know gets to see how he is health wise, you know how he's recovering, and and they'll get a firsthand look of you know where Victor Oladipo stands, you know, in, the, in that recovery process, um, and that'll give him, you know, that'll you know obviously dictate what whether they keep him long term or not. Yeah, I mean that is um, the the. The chance to see him up close, I think, is in a lot of ways kind of the most important thing they get out of this, um, because as we are, are surely going to talk about, it's the the process of Victor Oladipo getting to, to Miami has felt like it's like five years in the making at this point, just with like how clear he has kind of telegraphed his want to get to uh, South Florida. Um, so we're recording this Wednesday afternoon, um, Oladipo not going to play tonight. Uh, sounds like maybe he'll play Thursday when they get back to Miami, I guess. Is that kind of the hope? Internally, I wouldn't be surprised, but obviously, yeah. you know that has to depend on yet, how he feels. But I, 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 yeah, it depends on how he feels. And look, even if he does play, which you know, I wouldn't be again, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes his debut on Thursday. You will have like zero practice time with the right. team. I mean, he hasn't been with the team obviously on the trip, and there's no shoot around tomorrow because it's a back to back. So he'll have the walkthrough before the game, and that's it. You know, may, 
he could play, but I could also see Spo saying, like, you know, maybe let's at least get a shoot round in before you <laughs> play your first minutes with us. But at this point, there might not be time to waste. So yeah, uh, we'll see how they handle that. But anyway, it kind of worked out nicely because, uh, you know, we were taking a week to kind of react to this on mic. Uh, and uh, it's not like we've uh, had any games actually cloud our judgment. We're still just going at this. We don't know what this is going to look like. Um, and I don't know. I'm excited for it. Like, I know... Again, like, we talked, like, we did not think the Heat should go get Victor Oladipo um, last week. Of course, we, I, I think Houston basically, like, leaked, oh, we have an offer that's first-round pick and a good young player, and obviously the Heat didn't <laughs> like, give up either of those things. Um, seems like uh, they were probably lying. Um, so the Heat, uh, I mean, it basically yeah. seems like a situation where I'm sure the Heat had this, like, they had this offer standing from the Heat for, like, a week plus and we're just like really trying to get something more out of it. And then, like you said, there's a reason why this trade happened um, at probably like two fifty nine or whatever, like because uh, the Rockets really w- probably wanted to get more for Oladipo. Um, the Heat were, I'm sure, poking around on Lowry up until the, the very end. And it ended up just being a deal that it's, you know, the Heat really capitalizing on like a, um, a seller's market sort of, you know, and, and the, the, the Rockets were obviously really hamstrung, um, and it's the ultimate, like, low-risk, high-reward move, right? Like, it's, it's kind of – it's honestly almost, like, hard to think of a trade deadline move, and I'm sure there are some that I'm just not thinking of off the top of my head that are more clearly, like, you know, they didn't give up a lot, and he might stink. And then it's like, fine, whatever, you, you gave up nothing. But it really is, like, a – low risk, extremely high reward because if Oladipo was just kind of like coasting in Houston, I mean, you potentially got a, I'm not going to say Oladipo is an all-star anymore, but a top 50-ish NBA player for like literally, I don't want to say nothing because Kelly's obviously the starting power forward and it's been having a pretty good season, but you know, for basically nothing. Um, I can't really remember a yeah. trade like such to this extreme happening like this, obviously guys buy low all the time on guys who are like on expiring deals, you know, aren't going to resign, but I can't remember the last, I can't ever remember a guy with the Oladipo's potential getting dealt for, for so little. And of course it might not matter because he might stink and it's like, sure, whatever the, what were the Rockets really going to get for him? But there is that potential. And I think it's, you know, I don't know if it's a 50, 50 chance, but it's, I think it's probably pretty close that, he recaptures some of his old form here in a, in a better environment in Miami. Um, you know, and just, um, you know, just much better circumstances. And part of it will be the heat will get the most out of him, but part of it will also just be like, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine he was going a hundred percent in Houston. Yeah. And, and can I ask the question too, of like, why didn't the Rockets keep Karis LeVert? Yeah. I mean, that's why the, would people, uh, like, it's kind of strange. Yeah. It was but, not a good, uh, yeah. Not not well managed there in Houston the last uh, six months or whatever four months five months basically yeah. since Daryl yeah. that, left. Yeah, that uh that that was one of the first questions I asked when I saw the trade. I'm like, why didn't they keep Harris the Verdigan if they didn't want Oladipo? Um, but yes, I I think you know I don't I don't think Victor Oladipo is gonna stink. Like he's still yeah, he's not good gonna stink. Like the question is where like a top one how close can he get to where? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's he was averaging he's averaging this year twenty basically twenty one points a game, you know, an inefficient shooting on eighteen shots, 
So got to start for this. Right now, he's going to have. Yeah, uh, that that he you, you said he starts for this team. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I think he'll like, start no you know, on Kendrick Nunn's spot. Exactly. Right. I I agree. He'll start, and and just as you know, people always point to the offensive numbers and you know how good he can be offensively and his upside as an offensive player. He was an All Defensive First Team guard like three years ago. Um, and I, actually, I would say his defense has been pretty good even after the injury. The offense is what's kind of still working its way back. But defensively, he's still been, I would say, definitely above average. So that's going to really help the Heat, I think, just in that end of the court. Like, now you can have a starting lineup with Bam, Jimmy, Trevor, and Victor. Like, you know, last year we were talking about does this Heat ha- does this team have enough two-way players to be a good and even a, a average defensive team? Like now they have enough two-way players to be one of the best defensive teams in the league, probably. Um, so I, I I like the move a lot. You know, I know we were kind of down on Victor leading up to the deadline, but that's when I thought they were going to have to give up a young piece. But to not give up, you know, yes, Kelly is a starting power forward, but you gave up two pieces that realistically probably were not going to be here next season. So they're not long-term. You know, they weren't long-term pieces. So um, Victor could turn into a long-term piece. And, again, it gives it just gives the Heat, you know, a, an up-close and personal look on a guy that they would have probably pursued anyway in free agency. Um, and now they get to see really, you know, if he fits, how he is health-wise. Um, and he probably will help in the short term. You play a team like the Nets in the playoffs Definitely. in a series, you need as many defenders as possible. And now the Heat have a, another guy that can throw, you know, in any of those any of those three stars. Um, and really, I know we'll probably talk about this a little more down the road, but, you know, they have a five-man lineup they can throw that I would say probably would give Brooklyn as much trouble as almost any lineup in the league um, defensively. You know, if you throw Andre with that start with the other starting, you know, other four starters, um, you have five guys who can switch on to anybody and really make things tough on opposing offenses. Yeah, they got better on Thursday this year without – was it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. They got better this year without getting any worse for the future, right? Like, that's all you can ask yeah. for. Sure. That's the like, best way they, to say it. Like, I mean, that's, uh, yeah. Kyle Lowry probably would have yeah. made them better, like, you know, let's say they picked up, like, 10% chance to, like, make the finals by adding Oladipo. Maybe Kyle picks them up 15 or something. Um, but to get Kyle, like, obviously – the reason they don't have Kyle Lowry is because it was going to cost them Duncan and or Tyler, and uh, they didn't want to do that. So it was and no, I would, this I, team that clearly yeah. still like wants to kind of keep this core to like they they just went to the finals last year. They want to keep this group together, right? Like it's kind of weird because like I so said, they go to six games in the finals last year, right? If they win the championship last year, I know it's totally different because like you feel like you've kind of accomplished your goals, like you know you don't feel that probably necessarily that same level of urgency, but it would be like crazy to talk about group breaking up this group. Um, and I don't know if that would be the right thing or not to, to believe. I don't know. I still don't totally know where I come down on like how much you just need to keep this group together, but like they want to keep this group together and they, they have the op, the ability to do that now. Um, and obviously getting Kyle Lowry that you would have had to break that up. Um, so yeah, it just makes them better in the short term without breaking up the core at all. Like, I don't think any of us expected them to be able to do something like that at the deadline. Yeah, and, and it could. This move could also help them in the long term too, because obviously if Victor plays right. well, they have his bird rights. And with Victor's bird rights, like you could, if this team performs well and goes makes another deep playoff run, they could bring this team back pretty much. 
um, the core of this team back yeah. without having to part ways with anybody. Um, realistically, they they would not have been able to do that if Victor was if they were just pursued Victor as a free agent without his bird rights. Um, so that that this opens the door for okay, if you guys if this team warrants it and they make another deep run and they surprise, um, you know, going to the conference finals or something like that, like they have the option to bring this this team back. So it it, it really gives the Heat a lot of options entering the off season. Um, while also you know Bradley Beal becomes available this off season and he says he wants to trade. The Heat still have all those assets that they yeah. didn't part ways with. You know, they still have Tyler here. They still have Duncan Robinson. They still have the picks. Um, it was really just a, really a masterful job by the Heat organization just because it, it left so many – it opened so many doors for them. It kept um, doors open, I would month. say. kept right? doors open, and it opened a, a few other doors for them yeah, too Yeah, true, true, well, true. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was, I think, one of the big things I, I really har- ended up harping on last week was that's why I didn't think they should give up these guys is because I'm – I'm still all in on Beal, basically, um, and that that stays open. And, you know, this, that's the NBA today is if Beal's not going to be available, some other guy we haven't even thought of is going to be available, um, a guy who's probably better than Kyle Lowry. No offense to Kyle Lowry, who's a first ballot Hall of Famer, yada, 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 um, but is, what, 35 and, like, not necessarily having a great season this year and probably on the downswing, like, to me, it just didn't make sense. Uh, and that, that's above all else, like, why the Oladipo move stands out so much. Because just, again, it didn't, we didn't see it coming. We, you know, we knew there was a chance Oladipo was going to wind up on the Heat, but we didn't think that they were going to be able to do it and, and still have this roster around him. Um, which is interesting that you mentioned, uh, the, the defensive potential that they have now, because, you know, if it costed, you know, we, when we thought they were going to maybe be able to get Oladipo, we thought it was going to cost them Duncan Robinson. And that obviously like hurts your offense a lot, but it does kind of show that every move that Heat has made over these last two, you know, last year plus basically since the last trade deadline has been geared around getting better defensively, which is kind of, you know, they, they were so good offensively to start last year and even into the bubble. Um, and obviously they've just not been good offensively this year, but, you know, at the deadline last year, they get Iguodala and Jay Crowder, two defensive-minded additions. In the offseason, they sign Avery Bradley, a defensive-minded addition. They sign Mo Harkless, I think. Uh, that's another move ultimately driven mostly by thinking about what he can be on defense. Even drafting Precious, that's a, that's a defense-first draft pick. Um, they obviously getting a Ariza last week that is defensive-first, and you know, Victor Oladipo splits the difference a little bit more where I think most people think of him as a really good offensive player. But as you mentioned, I, I have to imagine they like him just as much for what he can do on defense. Just given the track record of what they've done over the last 13 months or so, it's been all defense all the time in, in trying to upgrade this team. And, um, you know, who knows what it'll look like in the playoffs. Again, you're counting on, what, 37-year-old Andre Godala or whatever he is, 36-year-old Andre Godala. You're counting on Trevor Ariza who, um, you know, we have didn't play in the playoffs last year. We haven't seen him play like really meaningful NBA minutes necessarily in a long time. Um, Victor Oladipo obviously coming off the injury. It's you know still what percentage of it of his old self is he on the defensive end? But they at least have put themselves in the position to go from a, a bad defensive team, as you mentioned, to a, a really good defensive team. And, I, and like I said, I think that has to be part of what intrigued them so much about adding Victor Oladipo to this mix. 
Yeah, I, I think there's no doubt. I mean, you always want to add as many two-way players as possible. And really, anytime, I think any team will make this decision. And, you know, I think it was easier for the Heat because, you know, Victor wants to be here. And if, right. if he had the choice, he'd probably resign here in the offseason as well, you know, if the Heat want to keep him. Um, so, you know, it made, it made the decision easier for the Heat to trade for him. But anytime you can get a guy who's 28 and was just one of the league's best two-way players a few years ago before an injury, and really – I mean, it's kind of crazy, but Victor has only played in 48 games, yeah, 48 games, 48 regular season games since the injury, just because of all the circumstances of like this, the shutdown. And I'll tell you what, he only played in four playoff games too. Four playoff games, so 52 <laughs> games he's played in um, since the injury. So, I mean, yeah, of course he's not 100 percent yet. Like yeah. he's to get into a game rhythm, you need more than that um, after coming back from a serious injury like that. So, like you said, it's a high upside move. It makes I, I think it will make the team better defensively immediately. I really do. I think defensively you're gonna feel his presence pretty quickly. I think offensively it might be a little bit of a you know, might might be a little bit tough to watch for the first few weeks just because just working him in a high volume, high usage player like Victor into this scheme might there might be some kinks along the way. I think don't be surprised by that if if that's the case. Uh but I think, you know, eventually once he gets comfortable I think the offense will be, you know, how can it not be better with a guy like Victor who could, you know, is a pretty good three-point shooter, can get to the basket, a slasher, another guy who can draw free throws, draw fouls, I mean, um, and it's just another option that you could go to, um, you know, when and take the pressure off of Bam and Jimmy. Like, Victor's a guy you can give the, put the ball in his hands, ISO, and let him create something, which that's only basically been Bam and Jimmy for the past two years. So, yeah. um, plus Goran, right, plus Goran, but... You know, this year Goran just hasn't been able to stay healthy. But yeah, I, I think Victor defensively will be make, will have the biggest impact immediately. But then offensively, I think in the playoffs, it'll definitely make them a better, better, better offense. In the you know for playoff defenses. How much do you think this addition was driven by his defense or their interest? And in? obviously, you know, they're when you can get a guy like him for what they got him for, you're going to want him for anything. But how how much do you think they're just interested in what he can do on the defensive end? And like like you said, the way he can kind of give them a five man roster of guys who are like legit plus defenders. I think it was a big part of it. You know, I there's no secret that the Heat prioritize defense, and with the way the offense has been playing this year, they've needed to win games behind their defense. Um, so I think it was a big part of it. And also, when you have a team like Brooklyn in your conference, where you have three of the top scorers in the world on one team. You need as many defenders as possible because you know if one of them has one of the Heat's you know weaker defenders on them, and they can just pick on that all game, all series long. It'll be a long night for the Heat. So now that he can re- realistically start four guys who can switch onto any of them, and you feel okay, <laughs> I guess with them you know, guarding them. And then like Duncan that. Robinson and Joe Harris can just spend the entire exactly game each other around. They'll just be yeah they'll play they'll basically be playing one on one for the yeah. rest, for the entire game. Um, but but yeah you you have a starting lineup you know Victor in there with four guys who could really switch onto any of them, and and you feel okay with them defending uh, that player. So I. I think defense is a big part of it, but I also think, you know, offensively, this team needed a spark on offense. We both know that. Yeah, Everybody yeah. knows that. And I think Victor could provide that when he finds his way. Because, again, he, he's going to have to make some adjustments in his game. He's not going to be able to take 19 shots a game. Yeah, certainly not. Eight, I mean, maybe, you know, because Goran, how many games are left in this season at this point? Like 30 or whatever, basically, right? Yeah, like, it's like uh, yeah. Like, like how many yeah. games do we realistically think Goran's going to play the rest of the way? 
like 15, right? Yeah. Yeah, Like, so there's going to be some games where I think they're going to just kind of, uh, it feels like Victor Oladipo just kind of gets those Goron minutes right off the bench. And then you can kind of let him, let him just take a bunch of shots when, um, Jimmy and Bam aren't in. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of like, like I said, I think they're going to start the three of them together. Um, but I'm really interested to see like how they kind of split up the rotations now because you know as as you mentioned this year they really have they've just not been able to play minutes without Jimmy and Bam this year right like when those two guys have both been healthy they've really tried to stagger them um, especially when Goran has been out you know now do you put Victor Oladipo you know, do you, do you play Jim and Bam, Jim, Jimmy and Bam together all the time, and have Oladipo is like the the one score by himself? Uh, you know, if Goran's not out there, when Goran is out there, is that like can can those two guys coexist as the only two like creators? It's I think it's gonna be pretty interesting to see how um, Oladipo fits into the rotation in terms of like the offensive creation role. Um, with this team, because, you know, as we've talked about a lot, this team creates offense in pretty unique ways uh, with Bam and Jimmy creating so much um, and obviously not being traditional perimeter players. Um, you know, I, I, I really don't know what it's going to look like with Oladipo. Though. They, they haven't had a guy like him. I mean, I guess like Wade, the last year of Wade, when he was the sixth man, was kind of doing like that kind of role. Um, and I don't know. But yeah, other than that, like they just they just haven't had a guy like Oladipo who's just like a give him the rock and and let him cook um, in a long time. Yeah, that, I mean that's kind of what Pat. Um, you know, we spoke to Pat Riley the mm-hmm. night of the trade deadline. He said that Victor Oladipo's brings you know brings a guy that really is unique from other guys in the Heat's roster. Yeah, like, he's not just unique. The way he can league. score at all he's three levels, like you top, said, like, though, which is what's interesting. No, on the roster. Right, yeah. he's a slasher, he's a driver, he can draw fouls, but he can also take make threes, you know, and as we know, the Heat's two stars, while Jimmy's taking more threes lately, like, that's not his strength, you know, his strength is getting into the paint. Um, Victor gives them really a, a, a you know, when, when healthy, an elite three-way scorer, um, so a three-level scorer, so he is unique in that way, and, you know, as also as Pat Riley said, like, this gives him another weapon when, where... They don't have to rely on the three so much. You know, the threes aren't going in. You now have three guys yeah. who could get the offense going or take it upon themselves to kind of carry carry the load. So, um, you know, again, I, I just think it helps diverse, diversify this team's offense, gives them another weapon, takes the pressure off of Jimmy and Bam, um, and then defensively he's just – he can be an elite defender. And you can't have enough of those guys when you're, when you're facing the offenses that are in this league – uh, today and one other thing I want to say about Victor is he hasn't played on both nights of a back-to-back yet this season, which right. is interesting. Um, but from what I've been told, doesn't mean he can't. Um, right. You know, he was on a Houston team that, like we said, was struggling, tanking. You know, who knows? I don't know if he really wanted to be there long term. Right. Um, you know, maybe he didn't think. You know, with the injury, like why put my body through this for a team that's not going to make the playoffs? But I, I wouldn't be surprised if. With this team, he does play in at least a few back-to-backs before the end of the season. And then the playoffs, there are no back-to-backs, so that won't be an issue. 
Yeah, it's weird. I, I feel like I heard some people talking like, we don't know what he's going to look like in that condensed postseason schedule. But honestly, like the postseason schedule, people are getting more rest than they are during the regular season this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, and with the yeah, back to back, I mean, they, always, they yeah, this, split, this regular like, season is. They can kind of split him and Goron on the back to backs, right? Like, if if they want to keep managing. Yeah, they, they could. Or, you know, if they're going to give Jimmy some back to backs. Like, you, you've got, now you've got some guys. Obviously, they you know, the record's still not great, so you gotta win some games, but like they've got they've got some flexibility in this this tight schedule um to kind of manage guys' minutes. For some reason I'm like really intrigued by the idea of Bam and Victor Oladipo together. I just kind of feel like, you know, the same way that like Duncan has gotten so much off the dribble handoff for the three, I don't know, I just like you said, they haven't had a slasher, right? And the dribble handoff can kind of create some of that slashing stuff against like a bent defense and I don't know. For some reason, I, I just envision them playing really well together. No, I agree. I think it gives them a downhill threat off those yeah. double handoffs, which they don't really have other than Jimmy and Goron, I guess. And Goron, and Goron is good yeah. at that, you know, again, when he's healthy. But Victor is another guy where you could put him with a, in a dribble handoff set and he gets he gets the dribble handoff and, he, you know, he's he already has momentum past his defender and, you know, he's a, he's obviously a good downhill player. So um, that, you know, it, yeah, again, it just it, it, it's going to help them. In so many ways, but the question is really how healthy is Victor? How many games can yeah. he play? Yep. Can he play, you know, most back-to-backs? Um, can he play 35 minutes a night? Like, I'm just looking at his game logs right now, and the last game he played with Houston, he played 41 minutes. He That's got a lot. 23 points and 9 of 15 shooting. If he could do that, 23 <laughs> points and 15 shots, and then he yeah. also had six assists and two steals, um, this would be a pretty good team. I think they're you could put them in the category of those top four teams in the East for sure. If he's healthy, so um, I, you know, if they did, if they had not made a move, they still might have been four or five in the East, but their upside would not have been as high as or their ceiling would not have been as high. Right now, you know, they have a ceiling where you're like, okay, if if Victor's healthy, if he can be somewhat close to the player he was a few years ago, with this team as presently you know constructed, they can beat the Bucks in a series, I think. I don't think that's crazy to ask. And so. they can beat, you know, the Philly, you know, Philly's obviously very good, but they have the players that could make it a competitive series. So um, there is, you know, I, I don't think it's out of, after this addition, um, the ceiling is there for them to make the conference finals, I think. I don't think that's crazy to say. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Anthony, I want, to, I want to talk about the, the moves that are still out there, but I forgot one question for you on the Victor Oladipo topic, uh, the sort of Victor Oladipo topic. What was your favorite moment of the Avery Bradley era and the Mo Harkless era? Mo Harkless era, I just remember he had a really good game guarding Jeremy Grant against the Pistons. <laughs> that was the highlight of his eight tenure. Avery Bradley... He was really good. He was a really good shooter his first few games with the Heat. He was. Yeah. I remember writing a story about how his his like effective field goal percentage was like one of the best in the league. Like he was shooting really well, making a bunch of threes, and then obviously got hurt, and then he 
So he tested positive for COVID and never could get on track. Yeah, he just never could find a rhythm when he got back. And Mo Harkless, I mean, I think he scored 15 points with the Heat all season. And in his second game with the Kings, he scored 12 points. Yeah, so there's that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, weird, uh, weird circumstances for those guys. Um, true heat, li- heat lifers. Um, all right. So yeah, there have been the big, honestly, I almost feel like it's been <laughs> talked about even more than the trade deadline this year is the buyout market. Um, where we've obviously, you know, Blake Griffin goes to Brooklyn. Now LaMarcus Aldridge, who I think, uh, it's fair to say, the Heat expected would be in Miami right now, uh, follows Blake Griffin to Brooklyn. Um, that team now is, like, loaded with former all-star type guys, washed-up all-stars, um, plus, obviously, like, the, their big three. Um, you've got Andre Drummond going to L.A. You've got Boogie Cousins going to uh, the Clippers, the other uh, L.A. team. Uh, Andre Drummond going to the Lakers, of course. Um, word that Marcus Gasol could potentially get bought out by the Lakers. The Heat clearly still, you know, it's the reason that they were in on Lamarcus Aldridge. They they know they need another big guy. They need a Kelly Olynyk replacement. I, it seems like they were kind of hopeful that they would have that guy right now. That basically Aldridge would be able to step in and, and be that Olynyk replacement. Um, where do they go now with Aldridge off the market? With Boogie off the market? Um, Andre Drummond, I don't know if he was necessarily a fit, but but Andre off the market. Um, obviously, Blake Griffin, long off the market. Now, where can they go next to find that extra big guy that they need in this rotation right now? You forgot to mention Gorgie Dang, who signed with the Spurs. Oh, Gorgie Dang. He was another yeah. guy that, yeah. He yeah, was another guy that he and Jimmy don't fit. get along. That was the, think, the rumor out there. Yeah, I guess they had some issues when they were teammates in Minnesota. So you can you can pretty much cross off every player who played for that Timberwolves yeah, that's, team, that's except true. maybe one or two. I like Gorgie Jang. Guys, guys, you can go after it. No, he would he would have. I mean, he can make a three. He blocks shots. He's has the prototypical you know modern day frame for a big man. Um, it would have. I, I actually thought once once Aldridge, once Aldridge signed with. Uh, the Nets are committed to the Nets. I said, "Oh, well, I think I think Gorgie Dang could be a better fit, actually." Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously that he, he ended up going to the Spurs. Um, but now I, I don't know. I mean, it's the, the there's not many there aren't many uh, big na- exciting names, I guess you would say, on the market. Um, you know, Demarcus Cousins was one that I think you know up until today when the news came out that he was planning to sign with the Clippers. He was a kind of a guy that maybe you'd say, okay, I could, that could work. But at the same time, you know, ha- trying to get him to sign with the Heat and not being able to promise consistent playing time might have been an issue, just because you know, how who knows how many minutes he would have played with, you know, with this roster. Yeah. Um. So that might have been a, a, a an issue with trying to get him to come to the Heat. Um. As far as other names, um, Dwayne Dedman, Don Maker, huh. Ian Mahimi, Novell Pell, Amir Johnson. Um, I mean, that's kind of what we're yeah, looking we're at here. Drags. You know, uh, Hassan Whiteside is still with the Kings, <laughs> but I mean, he—I guess he technically could get bought out. I mean, would you bring Hassan Whiteside back? Uh, it's tough. I mean, there's not really a clear name out there that you're like they have to go after him. Um, I think Lamarcus Aldridge was that guy at first, and it just didn't work out. 
Yeah, LaMarcus was the perfect fit, I think. Um, Gorgie Jang also, but... And, and they- and they have to make, they have to make it like I know people are saying, well, do they have to make a move? You know, they could just stick with this roster for now until something comes out, comes you know, comes along before the end of the season. But they can't, you know, according to NBA rules, they can only be at 13 standard contracts for two weeks, um, and April 8th is that two week mark. So they have to add at least one guy by April 8th. So they have a week here to make they a decision. They can always sign somebody to a 10 day contract. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They could sign somebody to a 10-day contract, which wouldn't be surprising, just to give them a Fine. test run and see, yeah. you know, yeah, see if they want to sign them long-term, you know, for the rest of the season. Uh, but they do have to make one addition here the next week or so. Jabari Parker? Hassan is he healthy? hilarious. I don't know if Jabari Parker is healthy. I Like, I kind of, I mean, I've not had a good NBA career, but... um. I kind of liked him when he was on the Hawks. What was that, like two years ago now? I don't know. Um, Deadman? Yeah. I like Deadman. He's not really – he, I don't know what his shooting – like, does he shoot threes really? I never know with guys now because it seems like everyone shoots threes, but I've always thought of him as more like of a traditional center. But I've always kind of liked him. You know, it seemed like he's like a, he was like a, one of those random heat killers, right, I feel like, in, in Orlando. He had some random big games for them. Um, I like Otto Porter, but again, he doesn't really fit if we're talking like straight up true power forward centers. Like if you're thinking of a Kelly Olynyk replacement, does Otto Porter really like fill that same role? Not necessarily, but I, you know, I've always liked him. I mean, he was like a borderline all-star type guy, um, in Washington not that long ago and then kind of had a cursed run in, in Chicago with some injuries. Um, you know, can, uh, can obviously hit threes and is long and can defend a little bit, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Marcus All to me feels like if he ends up getting bought out, um, then that is a guy who feels like he kind of makes a lot of sense, um, just in terms of like he obviously can shoot it a little bit. He's a really good passer. He is a good defender, although I guess probably not as good as he used to be. Um, and, and the league has obviously shifted away from centers like him. But it just feels like he checks, like, a lot of the boxes that he likes, right? Like, he feels like a Heat guy. Yeah, you know? I agree. I think Marcus Saul would be a guy, if he becomes available, um, that would make sense. Um, the, the other guy I like on the list, well, I know it's kind of a be a developmental project, um, but it's Don Maker. I don't oh, know, right. something – He's always yeah, – like it's impossible not to, like, still be fascinated by him, right? Yeah, like, he has – obviously the physical tools to be a good NBA player. I know he really hasn't put it together yet, but, you know, he's shown – he's not a, obviously a good three-point shooter, but he, he he shoots them, you know. He yeah, can at least I think he's a pretty good corner three-point shooter. Yeah, like he could take a couple, and he's a big body. He has, you know, um, good size to, to protect the rim as well. Um, uh, he's a guy that maybe, you know, if there's no one else available – that you know, if Marcus Allen doesn't come available, maybe you you, you try him and even tr- just give him a ten day contract to see where he's at physically and you know how much he fits kind of with what they with what the team wants to do. Um, but can, can we agree on one thing? Like I know people are making a big deal out of this, and I I do think that he need another big man, obviously. Um, but it's not going to dictate like whether his team makes a run or not. Like if the Heat are having to rely on any of these big men to lead them in the playoffs or to play significant like 
bench of a significant bench role in the playoffs, it's not going to be good either way um, because it probably means that Bam is either out or another rotation player is out. You know, because I I don't even even with Precious struggling the way he is at this point, I'm not necessarily sure any of these guys play above Precious um, if they're signed. I I just don't. So I think I think that. Aldridge could have made a difference just because there's always a chance, you know, he could always like single-handedly win you a playoff game, right? Like he could, let's say he plays like your third quarter, like crappy bench minutes against other teams, bench players. Like there's always a chance that like he just goes off for like seven minutes in a game and you outscore the opponent by like 10 points in that stretch. And that's what wins you the game. Um, But yeah, for the most part, like they're swinging at most one like I, I mean, I love Boogie. Like he is, you know that that Kentucky team with Boogie and Wall is like one of my all time favorite basketball like experiences. Watching that team, um, he's like he's not going to play in the playoffs. I don't think like he's just he's not the guy he was even like during that Golden State run. I don't think when he you know had a, a couple decent games in that finals and, and in that playoff run like. We haven't seen that boogie in forever. Um, that doesn't worry me at all. Andre Drummond, I still think uh, I'm kind of pro Andre Drummond just as like a useful NBA player. I just don't think he, like, did, I don't think the Heat needed him at all. Um, Blake, he's, probably the, he's probably the best. Andre Drummond is probably the best one of this entire group. Yes, I agree. He just yeah. doesn't, does, does not fit with this team at all. Um, Blake has actually kind of looked okay in, in Brooklyn. Um, which has surprised me, but maybe shouldn't be that surprising because, again, he was like a second-team All-NBA guy not that long ago. I think he's a guy who can, like, be useful and, you know, on, on that team especially, like, be their starting center, their, like, crunch time center. Um, in Miami, he would have just been lesser Bam. Like, what makes him good is kind of the same stuff that makes Bam good, but he doesn't do it as well. I guess he shoots a little bit, but Aldridge is the one guy that kind of, started to really intrigue me as a fit here because of what I said, because, and Jang, Gorgie Jang is kind of the same way. Um, although Jang is more of a, like a role player, I guess. Um, whereas, you know, LaMarcus, and now that they have Oladipo, I don't think it matters as much because you're not going to really have stretches where you're not going to have like a, a really good offensive engine on the court. But in a, in like in a theoretical world, like let's say Oladipo got hurt or something, which is, I don't think it's like crazy far fetched, right? Um, and you had to get by for five minutes a game with no Bam and no Jimmy, and in that those five minutes you're relying right now a lot on Tyler Hero. If you could just kind of throw Aldridge into that role, I think it just gives you another guy with a chance to like get really hot for a little bit, and um, like I said, win you a, a five, six, seven minute segment of a game. Um, so he's the one that I feel like could have helped. Now you're kind of at the point where it's just you're like you like you said. You're just looking for depth right now and a guy who fits. Um, and that's kind of what brings me to Aldridge. Although the more you talk about Thon, the more I'm like, you know, if anyone's going to get Thon Maker to be a good NBA player, it's Miami. And just like as an NBA watching people, I think we all want Thon to be good. Like that would just be fun. Um, so let's let's get Thon to Miami. He's only 24. Yeah, really young. Came straight out of high school, basically. Yeah, and apparently he's been really working out. There's a photo of a story written recently of him, I guess, posting a photo, just really uh, lifting some weights, and he looks bigger. So, uh, yeah, maybe like he has... All-time great high school mixtapes. 
he uh, he's intriguing. I don't know. I, I, he's intriguing. What do you think about Hassan? Is that your answer? <laughs> I mean, yeah. in, in a in a in a vacuum, in a vacuum. If he was player X, with no I mean, name. again, I think we've been more pro Hassan than a lot of people on this podcast. But I honestly almost kind of feel like the same way I feel like with Drummond is like he's probably better than a lot of these guys on this market. But does the Heat really need him? No, but at this point, it's like I agree Drummond wasn't a fit. But if Drummond was available now after the market and all these yeah, other guys, you know, I would have probably gone after Drummond. That's um, true. Now you just need depth and somebody that you could count on if someone was injured to at least give you some quality minutes and play defense and be a presence inside. And honestly, I mean, again, Hassan's not available right now. He's with the Kings. But if he does get bought out, if his name was not Hassan Whiteside, maybe it would work. You know, maybe that would be a guy that would could help. Um, but I just don't know. Um, again, not, not because Hassan did anything wrong. It's just after trading him and, you know, he was a max guy, and then he now he's a minimum guy, and just kind of how everything has evolved. I'd be surprised if if the Heat brought him back, you know, at this point and this for this type of role. Do you think on uh, tomorrow, April Fool's Day, um, Pat will call Spo and say, Spo, the Kings just bought out Hassan. We're we're signing him just to see how Spo reacts. That would be funny. <laughs> I forgot tomorrow's April Fool's Day, by the way. Thank you for the reminder. Yeah, you're welcome. So when you see the 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 uh, fake headline tomorrow that the Heat are bringing back Hassan, you'll know it's fake. Yeah, by the way, I was like, at first I was... Should outraged. we run that story? Should you run post the story <laughs> at midnight tonight? It would do well, I think. It would do <laughs> yeah, well. So. By the way, I you know, you, you just reminded me of this last weekend. I'm on Twitter. I was off the night before on Friday because I had a family thing. Um, to attend. So I was, kind of, I was kind of off of Twitter, even though the Heat were playing. I didn't watch the game. I had to watch it later. Next morning, I'm on Twitter catching up to my mentions, and I see early Friday night there was a tweet from a fake uh, like ESPN account or something like Some like fake account with like uh-huh. an extra letter at the end that says, the Heat will be signing Andre Drummond according to at Anthony Chang. And it got retweeted and liked a bunch of times. <laughs> I'm like, how did I miss this? I was like upset at first, but then I was like weirdly honored that somebody yeah, would use me as a fake. Time, yeah, like that was that was uh, that was the first time I think that's ever happened to me. Yeah, we were probably in a clutch points graphic and everything. Yeah, no, that was uh thank you for whoever did that. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's as good a place as any to wrap up. Um, do you have uh, any final trade? We did not talk like at all about these last two heat games. Let's finish with that. Give me, give me your one big takeaway from. I think there have been two games, right? Since yeah, we, uh, I guess there will be a Wednesday night game tonight. Obviously, recording before that, but the Knicks game on Monday and what was the game Friday? I don't even remember. But two games since then. Well, give me your one big takeaway from uh, seeing this team over the weekend. Trevor Reza starting four. I think he uh, yeah. I, I just think it works. I think it fits. I think, he, you know, obviously just for the season, who knows what's going to happen next year, but I think he could be the answer at that spot um, for the rest of the season. He, even though his, he hasn't made a lot of shots um, and he's still struggling to find his place offensively, he said as much um, actually today before the Pacers game that he's still trying to find his place offensively with this team. Um, you could just you could just tell he knows what he's doing. Like defensively, he switches 
almost everything. He's a really good defender, smart. Um, and I have confidence that, you know, once he gets comfortable, the shots are going to go down. He can actually do some stuff off the dribble. Like, he's shown that um, as well. Like, he's not just a three-point shooter. He's also, I think he also has 10 assists, which is not a, you know, not high for six games, but for a guy who doesn't have the ball in his hands a lot, 10 assists in six games with the role he's playing is pretty, pretty good. Um, so I, I think, you know, I've, I've been impressed by him. Even though the numbers don't show it, um, I've been impressed with how fast he's kind of caught on, and I think he's going to be important for this team. Um, and the other thing I think we should kind of men- – I think we should at least mention the name Nemanja Bialica. Oh, yeah. He traded for him. Bialica. Bialica. I've been practicing that. Um, he only played five minutes in his heat debut in New York. Um, but, you know, I think there is a place for him as well in this roster. I don't know how That's much he'll play when this team is healthy, uh, but he's another shooter, another guy who could space the floor. Um, and he's friends with Goran. They they know each other from – uh, playing together in Europe, so that was that's a pretty good story. Cool story and, as well. Is Nemanja Croatian? Is that right? Um, I think he's Serbian. A Serbian. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's wrap up there. Um, Anthony, uh, what are you working on this week? Anything? Uh, I guess Oladipo's debut coming. Yeah, Oladipo Central for the next few days. Um, assuming that he has his debut this week at some point. Um. You know, we haven't even spoken to him yet. It's been a week since the trade, <laughs> and we haven't even spoken to him yet. So uh-huh. we're waiting to talk to him for the first time and get his insight on everything. Um, so stay tuned for that. You can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Um, I'm off this weekend, actually, so I'm a, I'll, uh, I'll be out of – nothing re- really too exciting coming for me. Panthers still playing well. Uh, their trade deadline is coming up, actually, so I'll probably have uh, – I haven't really gotten to, like, dig in on a big Panthers feature since I started on that beat uh, earlier this month. Hopefully some of that kind of stuff coming soon. Um, But um, thanks, as always, for listening, everyone, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.